Thank you for joining us for the All Access Coaches Corner podcast. We are so excited to continue serving coaches, sharing their stories, and spotlighting their programs. Stay connected as we bring you more special guests and more real conversations covering all aspects of the game. You can find our show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at allaccess underscore cc. Subscribe to the All Access Network YouTube channel and join us in the All Access Coaches Corner. I want to take time to acknowledge one of our partners, Rising Coaches. Every coach wants to rise in their career in one way or another. We're all looking for professional development, access to tools, and relationships that can help us grow and help us advance in our career. Rising Coaches provides just that. You can visit Rising Coaches at www.risingcoaches.com. Their memberships are just $10 a month and provides a genuine community to help you grow and advance in your career. Okay, welcome to All Access Coaches Corner with Rising Coaches. Uh, for those that haven't been to risingcoaches.com, please check it out. Memberships very inexpensive, just $10 a month, but great investment for your career, for networking, professional development, um, just being a part of a network of coaches, uh, not to mention just the events and uh, benefits that they have. So please check out the website if you haven't. Go to www.risingcoaches.com. Uh, extremely excited today to have – uh, Coach Terry Johnson from Ohio State, from the Ohio State today. Um, yeah, I've known Coach. So I, I worked at Lamar University for three seasons. I uh, was fortunate to be there. And you get to learn a lot of the great players that played at Lamar. So on the road one time, uh, I met Coach. He introduced himself. I was like, man, I played at Lamar. And then I go back and I start hearing the stories after that. So then the next time I saw him, it's like, no, you didn't just play here. Like you played, played here, you know? So, uh, but he's so humble, man. And you would never know it um, that he played and was a good, not only basketball player, but baseball player, uh, former All-American, played in the pros. So I look forward to him telling you all about his story. But one of the true gems in this business, uh, I think there's a lot of times that guys don't necessarily get celebrated because of the way that our business is designed. And he's one of those guys that is just uh, about everything that's right in the business. Like I said, a true gem, uh, all-around coach, mentor, great person, family man, married with three kids. Um, I look forward to him leading the program at some point. But um, he's done a phenomenal job at Butler for 10 years, not to mention before his career. He'll tell us about that. But was with Brad Stevens, uh, went to two Final Four runs, uh, saw that whole uh, epic ride that they had, and then, uh, now is was with Coach Holman after that at Butler, and then now those guys have done a phenomenal job at Ohio State. Already taking them to finish second in the Big Ten, I believe your first year there, right? Yeah. And then fin and then went to the tournament two years in a row. Would have went this year had the tournament not been canceled. So uh, I can't say enough great things about the humility, uh, the work ethic, the basketball IQ, just the all around person. You know, I think that's the part I want to celebrate the most. But he's actually uh, not only a great person, but a great coach. So looking forward to it. Excited for, to have you guys on. For those that haven't been on before, we kind of do a, a mini interview with Coach first to kind of tell the story. And then we go, excuse me, we open it up for you guys to have questions and comments uh, for a little while. And then he'll present some basketball stuff in the second half 
and then we'll open up one more time for questions and comments as well. So super excited, uh, looking forward to having him on and sharing his journey and learning a lot from him, man. So uh, without further ado, we'll let Coach say hello and give a couple opening words, and then we'll get going. Hey, everyone. Hey, I appreciate you guys joining uh, join us here. Uh, I was kind of reluctant at first when Brian asked me, but at the same time, at I got it. At, at first and second and third and fourth, <laughs> I asked him about 10 times. <laughs> but uh, as I kept thinking about it, um, the hardest part for me when we get started here is going to basically be talking about yourself, about myself. So uh, I don't like talking about myself, but, but I think it's good for people to hear my journey because everybody's journey is going to be a little bit different. Yep. And and I think everybody got to understand that. And it's fun. Enjoy your journey. Enjoy your process. Strive for excellence. Do it the best you can and uh, see what happens. Yeah, no, so excited to have you on, Coach. I know it took some, took a little bit of my, uh, my, my, my recruiting, had to get my recruiting bags just a little bit. Uh, but I'm glad, I'm glad that you're on. Really excited. So tell us a little bit. We got, tell us about your family and then also tell us if you have anything funny or something you learned about your family during the COVID uh, quarantine, stay-at-home order experience. We kind of like to open up with that question just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. So tell us that and then tell us a little bit about your family after that. All right. Well, with the COVID and the quarantine, everybody that uh, knows me, I have three boys. Jalen, Jordan, and Caden, uh, twin boys that's seven and a five-year-old. Um, funny story, probably about myself first. I, I really got in the routine of just getting up in the morning, making myself two eggs and drinking green tea. I'm getting old, I'm getting old fellas, but I still have my Mountain Dew to, to those guys who know about my Mountain Dew. Uh, but the green tea, my wife thought I was crazy. I was like, the green tea gonna keep me from getting COVID. Just so everybody know. Uh, so I still drink green tea every day. Uh, but far as funny, I probably have to do deal with doing the boys schooling. So the wife was the teacher. And I was the dean and principal. So whenever they wouldn't do their work, the dean had to come in and, and make sure they did their work. But Did you have to go back to the old school of using the paddle and all that? Or <laughs> we didn't go paddle. We, we, we went with the hand. We had to do hand a few times. Um, the baby boy, he really listened to me more than the twins listened to uh, my wife more, uh, Kristen. And it, it made me realize, I already knew how hard it was for her, especially with this business that we're in. Uh, but being there, seeing it up close and personal, it's hard. It's hard on the wives uh, of assistant basketball coaches. Yeah, extremely hard, extremely hard. Shout out to uh, to all coaches' wives. I don't know your wife yet. I look forward to meeting her and uh, yeah. hearing some of the other sides of the stories about this uh, this this dean of students and principal. <laughs> uh, I look forward to that. Um, yeah, tell us uh, tell us a little bit, Coach, about your journey. I know you have a kind of twist and turn. Uh, yeah. Started in JUCO, coached in JUCO. You you started at the absolute you know kind of ground level in coaching and in playing. And then tell us about playing two sports and eventually kind of just tell us your whole story, how you got into coaching, where you are. Yeah. Welcome, Kyle Marshall. I see you down there, buddy. Um, yeah. I'm a, just so everybody knows before I get started, I am a junior college lifer. I'm JUCO for life. That's where it really all got started for me. Um, I was born in West Virginia, raised in Anderson, Indiana. I'm a basketball junkie just because I was born in Indiana. That's what it, that's what it's about. After playing in Anderson, I played three sports in high school, football, basketball, baseball. 
But after you see football players running just as fast as you, but weigh about 250, you shut football down quickly. So I stuck with uh, basketball and baseball. Graduated, went to Lincoln Trail Junior College in Robinson, Illinois. Uh, nothing but great times there, small town. Three buildings was the school. Played uh, basketball, went on basketball scholarship. But on my visit, I said I wanted to play baseball. And the coach, uh, coach was a little leery about me playing. Ended up having a good career, basketball and baseball, won championship. Uh, after there, went to um, Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas, what Brian talked about earlier. Played two sports there. Redshirted my first year in baseball, played basketball. Um, second year, played both sports. The only thing I regret about Lamar is not helping him make it to the NCAA tournament. Once I got that taste of NCAA tournament, when I got the Butler, that's such an addicting feeling. I wish I would have got that as a player. Uh, played one year baseball. Was going back, finished up my fifth year baseball there. Something happened with scholarships during that time, which uh, not sure what happened. I was on basketball scholarship, couldn't play baseball. They was over their scholarship limit. Ended up transferring to IPFW uh, up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. They were Division II at the time. Uh, my junior college baseball coach was an assistant at Kentucky. He got the job there and asked if I wanted to join him. I joined him and probably one of the best decisions I, decided I made because I ended up playing three years of independent pro baseball, and I actually started my coaching career there. And after that, got my degree, played my first year of pro baseball, came back, finished on my degree. Um, I was working out, staying in shape with the basketball team because I love ball, just hooping. With the players, they was like, hey, you play D1 ball, you mind showing us a few things? Next thing I know, I got an all-out practice going on downstairs. Um, we're doing things. The head coach come down. He's like, Terry, the guys love you. Do you mind joining my staff? And uh, first I was hesitant because I was, was the first year I was like, well, I get to just got one class to get my degree. I get to enjoy the college life with one class. None of that getting up, running at 6 a.m. I kind of have my own schedule. But I ended up doing it. I'm glad I did it. Because uh, one thing that's big that I really enjoy is just helping others, especially other young men, um, reach their goals. Awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> Love it. Uh, not very many people can say they played college basketball and, bat and baseball. Uh, my wife, is she's close to you, though. She played college softball and volleyball at Colgate. So okay. She she, she was a baller herself, so I, I married up. For those of you that don't know me on the call, I, I way married up. That's my recruiting ability. So speaking of uh, Lamar, too, shout out to Kenyon Spears. Appreciate you joining us, man. Lamar, Lamar Carlos. Yeah, yeah, he dropped he dropped twenty something on Duke. We, we, I got to give you that shout out. I learned <laughs> about you too. I learned about you too when I was there. Um, so, coach, tell us about uh, the coaching start. You obviously you got started as a coach. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey. You got started kind of just putting on a random practice, show me some drills, and next thing you know, you got a full-out practice. Coach wanted you to uh, be a part of the staff and just tell us how you got kind of where you are today. Yeah, well, it might, I'm have to take you back a year from when I started because uh, when I was playing baseball, you know, you guys know Division One. you get that full scholarship, you get everything paid for, you got meals. Now with the IPFW, they were Division Two. Now I got to figure out ways to make some money. Baseball coach had me on work study. Now I'm a division two. I'm a scorekeeper, division two, doing a scorekeeper, doing a shot clock, setting up for the games, cleaning up after in the gym. 
Uh, and so after one tournament we had, IPFW, Indiana Tech was in that was in that tournament in championship game versus our school. And I end up I end up working at Indiana Tech too a few years later. Um, but we're cleaning up. It was a good game. Our team ended up winning. And there was a freshman point guard. Uh, he was crying off in the corner as I was cleaning up. And now during this time, my old junior college coach is the assistant coach at Indiana Tech at the time. And so I'm uh, I'm sitting there, I'm working, cleaning up, and I just see this guy over crying in the corner. They got beat in the championship. He felt like he let his team down. And you guys know, if you were able to play that last, it, not, it doesn't matter who starts the game. It matters who finished that game those last five minutes. You know, the guy, the coaches trust you the last five minutes of the game. And he wasn't in, but he started. And I said, hey, hey, young fella, uh, keep your head up. You're a good player. Just keep working. Uh, the coaches trust you. And, and that's all I really said to him. Come find out two weeks later, I get a call from my old JUCO coach. He said, this kid's been playing great. They asked him what happened. Uh, he just said, hey, somebody said something. Whoever his name was, whoever he was at IPFW said it. Say, hey, just keep your head up. Keep working. Keep grinding. Good things going to happen for you. My coach called. He said, I told you you're going to be a coach. I said, no, nah, coach, I'm going to be a baseball player. I'm not going to coach basketball. So his name is Terry Collins. He's a JUCO coach at St. Louis. He said, uh, to this day, he always said, hey, I told you, look at you now. And and he's right. And he's one of my mentors. My old junior college baseball coach is one of my mentors. Like my basketball coach, he baptized all three of my boys in the Catholic church. Um, my old junior college baseball coach is the godfather of my youngest. So we all are in positions like we're, gonna, we're mentors. We role models to the next to the guys coming up. And like I see a lot of guys on here that I coach and some of them weddings I got to go to. One of them is my brother-in-law now. He's my brother-in-law. Like, like our jobs are, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Our jobs are a lot. And I, I take pride and pride and uh, set an example for everybody that I come in contact with. Yeah, awesome. I think not only the coaches, I mean, excuse me, not only the players that you have coached, but like you said, people you've come in contact with. Um, again, just a guy who was working at Lamar uh, and, and knew that you played there. And you always took time to come and say hello. You always uh, stayed engaged with me. And, and I just appreciated so much how you walked your walk in this profession. Like I said, it's, it's a challenging profession, not one that guys like yourself always get to get the flowers they deserve, man. But I just give you so much credit for always kind of embodying that example for, for the young brothers behind you, too, in coaching. So uh, salute to you on that. I see we got Sheldon Mack, Sheldon Mack on the call. Shout out to him for the final, the final four run. I'm sure there's some other guys on here. I don't know everybody's name, but we'll get to you guys. So tell us a little bit about uh, about the Butler experience. <clears throat> you know, 10 years there, you went from ops, uh, kind of left, came back, was an assistant, got hired by – you were an assistant. As you were in ops, Brad Stevens was an assistant, so you guys developed yeah. a relationship. So compliment mm -hmm. to you, credit to you to be hired back as uh, an assistant when he got the head coach. And then obviously he's one of the more celebrated, um, you know, best coaches in the country at this point in time in the world. So you got to work with one of the best and you're still working with uh, one of the best coaches in college basketball and Coach Holman. So tell us about those two guys and your Butler experience to now, if you don't mind, to, to yeah. Ohio State. Yeah, my Butler experience, wow. I mean, like the ride that the guys put us on. But it, start, it starts with Todd Licklider. Uh, he's the guy that hired me in as the ops guy uh, in 2004. Uh, I had worked Butler basketball camps. 
build a relationship with him, the players, uh, Brandon Miller, Joel Cornette, Mike Marshall, Laval Jordan, all those guys, Darnell Archie working in camps. And uh, Coach Licklider one time called me up. I was coming back to work camp. I was at Auburn University as administrative staff guy, just just a young guy trying to get in the profession. I used to chase guys to class, class checking, um, working, helping guys get extra shots. I was a manager, lived in the dorms. I was a dorm, making sure the guys did what they supposed to do in the dorms. And then um, Coach Licklider called me up while I was driving from Auburn, Alabama up to Indy. He was like, hey, are you coming up ready to work for me? I said, yeah, coach, I'm coming, coming to work camp. He was like, no, no, my number one leaving. I'm bumping everybody up, and I want you to be my ops guy. Now, to being an ops guy at Butler is, it's a hard, it's a hard deal. It's a hard deal to do because Coach Licklider, I know you may ask this question a little later. Coach Licklider was a guy about you got be on time, like, and on time. If it start at six, don't be on there at five fifty-five. Most of the guys are on their quarter till, and he he led the way in that. Uh, and he he was awesome. He was awesome. Being an ops guy was great. Just being organized and detailed. And then working for Brad, obviously everybody knows he's at the Celtics. But Brad probably probably in the seven years we were together, I would probably say five times he might have lost his cool in seven years. But he was just so detailed, organized, great X and O's. Uh, a little quirky at times, a little quirky, but but in a good way, in a good way. But like, like my biggest deal with Brad was like when you're doing your scouting reports, like he's in tune with everything, offense, defense. Um, and so when if you were able to let do a scouting report and Brad only had to say one thing about it, that's pretty good. You 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 did your job if he had only one comment about it. If he had zero comment, obviously you did excellent. If he had about four or five. You got to go back. You got to go back and do it, do it all over again. Because one thing being detailed at Butler, we didn't have the most talented guys early on. Uh, but we had a team of guys that everybody understood their role and, and knew what it take for us to be successful get night in and night out. Then working with Coach Holtman, actually before even Brad, like the guy that gave me my first assistant job was, uh, I got to give him some credit, was Dane Fife. At, he's assistant at Michigan State. He was in the in the process that he was at IPFW when they were going through the process of going from Division Two to Division One. So I got to give props to him because he was the first guy to allow me to work as an assistant uh, at the Division One level. And then with Coach Holtman, um, Coach Holtman's a guy that talks in truth. Like there's no secrets. Like you're gonna know. You're gonna he's talking truth, and he's really really good at managing players like egos. He's really good at that, and like. And like the year we had when he was an interim coach, like as a staff, our backs were against the wall. We're on an interim basis. Like, you don't know. I got a third child coming. You're asking like, hey, am I going to have insurance at the end of the year? Like if the season doesn't go well and and, and give credit to the group of guys that was with us at, at Butler at that time. Like we had a bad, I mean, a horrible year that first year in the Big East. I mean, horrible year that first year in the Big East. And, and those guys, they got that bulldog pride that those guys before, like they did not want to let the, the teams in the past let them down, let them down. And and we turned that thing around. And 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 to be honest, that's only really the reason why I'm here right here at Ohio State is because of that team right there. That after that Big East turnaround, that big Big East turnaround, and with guys that just bought in 
to the Butler way at that time. And, and a lot of those guys are on here. I think a few of those guys are on here right now. And then the final four teams, like, I haven't really enjoyed those final four teams yet because I can't go back and watch them yet because I still want to win one. I wish we would have won one with those teams because those teams were fun to be around, fun to be around. They weren't perfect. I know they're smiling right now. They were not perfect, but they, they, they were fun to be around. Um, they were coachable. They, they, they challenged us in everything. Like they wanted to know why. Well, or they even helped us out in shutting guys down. Like if, if a guy couldn't shoot, we probably was not going to guard him. And he could have been a top 30 player or, or even a first round draft pick, top five pick. He couldn't shoot. We're not going to guard him. And, and sometimes I go back, I can go back and watch a few films that we won. And it just looked disrespectful how we, the get, guy get picked fifth in the draft and we didn't guard him out on the perimeter. But they had an understanding of following the, following the game plan and executing it together as one unit, like both teams did. And that, that was the only reason why we got there. Those guys bought in. They, was, they had 100% belief. And it was fun to be around and, and a ride that I wish was still going. And I wish we won one because those two years, we did everything we were supposed to do Everything we're supposed to do, right, on and off the floor, mainly off the floor. Those guys were good students. Uh, probably in those two years, I want to thank how many headaches they gave us. Hmm, what you guys think out there? Maybe one, maybe one, not many. We, we very rarely had off the floor issues. That, and that, that was key because they allowed us to just coach ball, coach ball and prior to, prioritize their growth. That's all they allowed us to do. And, um, I think that's what made us successful and uh, able to get to that last game. And we just came up short. We came up short. We got beat. We didn't beat ourselves. We got beat. No, that's great. Uh, we all we all saw the Cinderella ride that you guys were on. I can't even imagine what it was like behind the scenes and being a part B, of B, it. B, hold on. You're going to upset some of them. Don't say Cinderella. Hey, T, I was about to say that. I appreciate that, T. Oh yeah, my fault, my fault, my fault. Okay, so 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 what so what the world perceives as Cinderella? How about I say correct, that? Correct, correct. Yeah, like it was, it was like we expected to win. Like you, like you're right. The world perceived us. Like those guys expected to win. Those guys, they put in the work. It was an expe expectation. We could care less what everybody on the outside thought or said, and and that's how we drove them, and that's how they drove us. We expected to be great. I mean, like everybody strive for excellence in the classroom, on the court, in the community. Like those guys represented their self, their university, their families to the highest. Yeah. And that's what made it so fun. That made it so much fun. Well, I see I see a little bit of that. Sean just checked me. So I see the standard <laughs> right there. I appreciate that, Sean. I, I, I needed that right there. I appreciate that, man. No disrespect. Uh, so shift it to a little bit heavier topic real quick, man. Let's okay. talk a little bit about Black Lives Matter. Uh, obviously, there's a major um, pandemic going on. Yeah, I see. Yeah. You represent. See, I got, I got my, I got mine on too. Right. Uh, but obviously, there's a, a pandemic going on. The world's kind of slowed down, so it's kind of forced all of us to look at it differently. Uh, it feels like for us as, as black men and women that we have more support and more of an open heart, open mind for the first time. So, tell us a little bit about anything you've experienced or thoughts on that before we kind of get into Ohio State. Uh. Yeah, this, I mean, this is a heavy topic, not only in the world, but in my house. Uh, obviously, a lot of you guys know my wife is white. Um, and we don't say really biracial kids or mixed kids. 
they're black, period. Like that's how they're going to get viewed. And George Floyd's incident happened. Here's the crazy deal. Like this might be bad parenting. It might not. So this is what in my household, how it went down. I'm upstairs on Twitter. I see it come across. I'm looking at the video. I, I, I'm steaming. I'm mad. My wife is downstairs yelling at the boys. She has not seen this yet. Yelling at them. They're fighting. Of course, three boys. That's what they do. They fight. So I come storming downstairs. I sit down on the couch. I play the video. I got my oldest one on my right. The other two clerk up on my left. I got three different reactions. All right. Jalen, the oldest, he, he a little sensitive. He, he like, daddy, is this, he, is that real? Is that happening right now? Is that real? Jordan, stone face. Like, he don't say much. He, he gets evil, kind of like his dad a little bit. Like, he just stone face. Like, why are they doing that? And then Caden, he's five. He don't know, but he's like, but he understands, like, why isn't he getting off of me? Like, and I was like, do it. Was I right in showing them? I, I thought I had a couple more years left before I had to have that talk with them. And I couldn't. I couldn't wait no more because I think the pandemic helped because our life goes 100 miles an hour. My life would have been going 100 miles. I probably been on the road and it's all that. But it happened to be I'm at home and I saw that. And it gave me an opportunity to teach. I had to. I had to. Because they're going to face that at some point. And, and I hope it ain't. I haven't had to really face it. I got, I got a scar from, from uh, Galveston, Texas. Young and dumb. But I just hope. I'm glad that it happened during the pandemic. Because now everybody see it. And it's, it is a black thing. But it's a human thing, too. Like, come on. Like, everybody knows that's not right. That I like that's just not right. Like you don't want nobody kneeling on the back of your head and he's giving up. Like, and then as I watch videos now, I get angry. Like a family, somebody think they stole a car. You got a six-year-old boy face down with cuffs on. Like really? Like I get angry over like seeing this on Twitter over and over. And you can't believe everything on Twitter, but like a video, like you can't put a a six-year-old in handcuffs. That's like I'm looking at one of my boys. I'm thinking about them face down in the concrete. Like, is that, that, there's no way that happened here in America. It's not, no, really? But like, I'm, I'm happy. Like one thing I'd like to just say, like, let's take, let's take a strong stand and, and, and be in this thing together. And I know there are a lot of people that are in this thing. We're going to try to keep this thing alive. Like, do I think it's ever going to end? No, no. I think, I do think we all can educate each other though. I think we can educate each other and talk. And if you don't know, ask. It's okay. It's okay to ask, and it's okay you understand more. But like everyday life, like this has been going on for years. I'm 46, it's going on way before I was born. Uh, but my, my family, they taught me, they told me like, hey, life isn't fair. What are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? So I just try to live life to the fullest, enjoy every bit of it, enjoy everybody I come in contact with. And if somebody asks me a question, I'm trying to help, try to teach, try to learn. Except for yeah. when I was young and dumb and I got a scar for it now. Yeah. No, I appreciate you opening up and sharing that, Coach. It's not, a, not an easy topic, uh, but a really important one for all of us. So appreciate you sharing that and, and giving us the inside of even your family. That's big time. Yeah, uh, I had to watch my wife on that, that topic. She tried to get us all out there. And, and 
Uh, we protest together as a family safely. My wife wanted to protest late at night. Like, no, no, no. Like, your safety is important to me now. Like, we're going to go out and do it right. Like, we're not yeah. going to be out there after 6 o'clock protesting. Like, yeah. We're not yeah. going to do that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so switching to the Ohio State, um, tell us, you know, you've been a Butler. You've been to some different levels, uh, even as a pro. What, what makes Ohio State special, the place? Okay. I like to tell people um, Ohio State is Butler on steroids. That's, that's how I like to describe it. You have great people, and the steroid part is the resources. The resources are off the chain here. Uh, they strive for excellence just like Butler did. Uh, they want the best. They want the best coaches. They want the best doctors. They, everything is about being the best here from they we want the best managers we want the guys that's big some guys could get on the floor and be the best some guys are just the best at at cutting up film uh like we want the best managers people around us uh and that's what ohio state want like i think we have the best ad in the world i never met a guy like gene smith never like he is to me he's the michael jordan of athletic directors like and his all his whole goal is the welfare of the student athletes. That's all. That's his whole goal. Like, yeah, we're in a pandemic, and guess what? He's right there at the forefront, going through every angle of this deal. Like, is it safe enough for him? Or like, we start a workout July twentieth. Like, we're able to here with the resources. We get tested twice a week, Mondays and Thursdays. Our guys get tested twice a week. Like, every university don't have that option. Um, and, and, and he's just great. And he's, he leads every meeting. Uh, he's there. He's, he's at every, every sporting event. Like he goes, he tries to get to everyone. Um, and, and he, and he's approachable. Like the, you could talk to him and like, if something ain't going right, he, he could sense it. He come around. He's around. He talks to the, to the athletes. Um, he's great. He, he's the best I've been around. He's the best I've been around. No, that's awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Coach. What, tell us about um, Coach Holtman. Tell us three things, if you had to say, what makes him elite. Because as, obviously, as you talk about the best, to be able to walk in Ohio State and finish second in the Big Ten out the gate is, is almost unheard of. So, uh, And then to go to tournament, you know, again, and have another good season after that. You guys have really done an excellent job there. What makes him – what are three things you would say that makes him great? Well, first of all, this league is a, is a load. This league is a low, one of the best in the country. And I remember when we had Butler, we always <laughs> we always had a, a recruiting deal. Like we were always like nine and one versus big team, big ten teams or eight and two. And every time we recruited against somebody, we would we just show them the paper, like we're eight and two against the big ten, whatever, like bring at the top. But this league is a low now. Um, year in and year out, it's gonna be top one, two conference in the league in the world. Uh, but we're coach Holman. He's a teacher, uh, excellent teacher as far as with us talking about getting the guys better and skill workouts. Uh, he's extremely, extremely competitive. Like you cannot be, cannot be a competitor and play for him. You cannot because every practice, every drill is, is, com is competitive. Like we're Mike out here, Mike, our manager, he's out there. Some, Mike, like Coach Holman, if you need a manager, Mike, where Mike is? Coach, Mike got class. He's not here today. Like, 
but he throws he throws managers out there on the court and he expects them to compete. Like, don't hurt nobody, but compete. All right. Um, and then probably what he does, like I talked a little bit about earlier, he talking truth. And like I think the only way you're able to talk in truth to players is um, have a great relationship with them. He talking truth. He's not gonna sugarcoat it. He's not gonna sugarcoat it for them. And and you're gonna always know what he's thinking. You're always gonna know. And I think those are like three things that would make him that would separate him. Yep. Any other than he's a good person. He's a yep. good person. Yeah. I've been very yep. fortunate in the guys I've been able to work with. Uh, our values kind of lined up a little bit. So I've been I've been very fortunate in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. I actually met Coach Holman back in the day when I was a junior college assistant at Collin County for Jim Sagona. Uh, mm-hmm. He recruited a kid named Quincy Sarpy. He actually signed him at Gardner Webb. He was an assistant. And, okay. Uh, so lo and behold, he's you. Ne- you never know how these paths cross and, and how where people go. But right, I don't small think I, world. I don't think I thought at that time he's going to be the head coach at Ohio <laughs> State one day. But he was always great. He was great then. He was detailed in recruiting. He was a good dude and uh, yeah. still is. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Tell us about something that you love about what you guys do in these four categories. So first, something that you love that Ohio State you guys do it in uh, offensively. Something that you love defensively, which you're gonna show us some of that, but tell us some yeah. of that too. And then uh in recruiting and then also in your culture. Uh I'm probably just gonna to stick to the culture mainly mainly on this yeah. here. Offensively, uh I, like one reason why I was hesitant to get on, like cause when you're talking in these things, like back at Butler, we used to, if we were gonna play opponent, um you're not you're not gonna give up, you give up too much. Like, yeah. that's why I'm hesitant on. I don't want to give up too much. Somebody rewatch it, and then they find a way to beat us. So, like, at Butler, I think one year we were playing Bucknell in a tournament. Not much film on not familiar with it, but you you got you better be detailed, especially NCAA tournament. Like, you got to be detailing what you're doing. And so we go back, find the Bucknell coach, did a champion's video, and we got everything we needed on what he was trying to do offensively. And our guys locked in, and we was labeled. I think they had a big fella, Muscala. I think he got drafted by the Hawks. Like, we shut him down, completely shut him down. And, like, so I'm going to be hesitant on offense. I'm going to give some stuff defensively, which a lot of these guys on here already know. Yep. Um, Recruiting-wise, recruiting, what we look for, uh, guys that fit our values, all right? Um, I'll talk a little bit about that a little bit later. Um, Guys that have 100 percent belief in what we're doing, uh, guys that represent their families, their school well at the high school level, like how we think that translate that translate over. No matter where you go, you're going to do that. Uh, guys that love to compete in the classroom and on court, like that translate. No matter where you are, that translating over. So those are a few things recruiting that we look for, and then what we do culturally here. One thing that I do, and it is nothing to do with on the court. Coach call it beyond the hoops. Call it beyond the hoops. We talk about everything you can imagine except for basketball. So, like, we have the social, like Coach Holtman, like when it, George Floyd came out, he texted me. Um, he was like, T, I want to put this tweet out. Do you think it's okay? And I said, Hope, you could do whatever you want. I've been with you for seven years. This topic has been, you had delivered this topic to our players every year. Whether something happened or not, like we having that conversation mm-hmm. and we're, we're having guys open up. Like I'm telling my story, uh, another player telling his story, what happened to him or what he, he lived through. Like 
Coach Holtman telling a story about him where he went to a uh, inner city school in Lexington, Kentucky. Like, so like I said, Coach, you're from my standpoint, you can say whatever you want, and I, I have your back because it's real and it's coming from your heart. It ain't nothing you just doing out there to help recruiting wise because majority of the players are African American in the college basketball world. You're not doing that. You're doing that because it's, it's real and it's from your heart. And I know that. And if anybody can question that, I, I back you up 100%. So I think, and we do that. We help our guys here, more so here than at Butler. Like we have financial advisors coming because you're, you're dealing with that with the guys that are looking to go to the NBA or play overseas. Um, and one thing here about at Ohio State, like their alum, the former players, NBAs, overseas players, they live here in Columbus. They are invested in this place. Like, they watch every game. They come back in the summers. They play open gym with the guys. They're talking to the guys. They're texting the guys during the season when you hit that rough patch in, in January. Um, they're coming back in the fall. We're doing individual workouts. I got Gray Golden in my individual workout with me, mm. helping talking. We got D'Angelo. We got Mike... Mike Red walks in the building, workout all the time. You got Mike Conley coming in, working out, showing, talking to the guys. Like, like you can't ask for as a for a recruit to see that. Like, you got the best of both worlds. Yep. Like, you can work out with those guys, and then they're gonna talk to you, and they also gonna talk to you about the other stuff, like the stuff that could prevent you from getting reaching your goal. Mm-hmm. So, so like culturally, like that, that's that's way beyond like my what I was thinking here, and. Yep. I think that goes off that. I think that set that up. That might have set that up with these guys. They come back. They invest. They're totally invested in this university. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely makes it more of a family feel. Definitely makes it more of a connection that's bigger than even just the basketball for the players and, and their experience. Um, yes. To, to have that family feel from guys that they didn't play with or didn't play for their coaches says a mm-hmm. lot of pride, taking a lot of pride in the university. So that's that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Two two last questions before we <clears throat> open it up. What's one thing, advice wise, that you would tell your younger self? <clears throat> and then, um, as someone who I believe will be a future head coach in Division One, what is something that you take? One thing that you take from some of the coaches that you work for? Okay, um, I would tell my younger self is be more open to change. Like I'm, I get I'm stubborn. Like. When we win and successful, I'm like, I'm not trying to change it. I'm not trying to change. Like, why? We were successful doing this. We could still be successful doing that. Be more open to change. Um, be more creative. I'm a very simple guy. Very simple guy. Got to be a little bit more creative nowadays. And then probably, probably the best one is slow down. Mm. Slow down. Open your eyes up. Open your ears. Listen. I mean, and I mean really listen mm. to what's going on. Like that, that would probably what I would tell my young stuff. And and guys, I didn't get I really I didn't get my off job until I was 30 years old though. Like, like some guys able to get in coaching earlier, like obviously because I played baseball, but I didn't get my first division one off job until I was 30. Um so and and, and like I said, everybody's journey is different. I'm, I'm glad my journey, my process is going the way it's going. Do I want to be a head coach yet? Yes. Hasn't happened. Do do I get upset? Yes. I just feel like that's not where I'm I'm supposed to be yet. So I just try to be great where I am. Mm-hmm. Where I am. That's all I try to be. Uh would you say the next one would I take from all the coaches? 
Yeah, just any any of the coaches in your past. You don't have to necessarily say all of them, but what's one attribute that you would take from some of the guys you work for? Yeah, I'm gonna do the three guys: Todd Licklider, Brad Stevens. I spoke on all of them, Chris Holman a little bit, but I think if I could just from each one, Coach Lick, being on time, like being on time and respecting other people's time, mm. like like. Like you get on, like I talk, get on the bus. I remember that first road trip I had with Butler. Like those guys were on the bus. We left at, we leaving, I don't know, go on a bus trip, drive up to UIC. Got my UIC guys over there now. Uh, you, they on the bus 15 minutes before. Like, and not only are the players on the bus, like Coach Lick is there. Like he's leading the way in that. Like he's not waiting. Now, Shelvin. Shelvin was that five minutes before the bus. Left. <laughs> Shelvin was the five, but he was still on time. He was still on time when we. He was five minutes, but we were still on time. But like, but Brad, Coach Lick, but like, you're the head coach. They're on that. If you're gonna be on time, they're gonna be there. They're gonna be there. Like, don't wait and just try to make sure everybody make the bus. Don't do that. Like, you set that example of being on time, and then that then then that's, they're just going to keep continue to follow that. They're going to continue to follow. And hopefully that continues on to get on time to class. And you don't have to worry about are teachers saying they, they late to class or they're going to class. Like, you don't have to worry about it. They see you doing that every time you tell them to get ready. Uh, with Brad, uh, detail and organize. Detail and organize. Obviously, we know he's great X and O, but detail and organize. Like, if I could be that throughout – on both sides of the ball, I take that. And then with uh, Coach Holman, just talking truth and build and manage, managing your program, managing the business. Um, and, and you just got to know the truth hurts. The truth hurts, but but that's what most people they they want. They need to hear that, especially nowadays. Especially nowadays, you need to know the truth and and have that. But you got to have that build that relationship where you can talk in truth. Yeah, awesome, Coach. Definitely appreciate you sharing your journey. Uh, we've kind of finished the first part of uh, this production today, so we'll open up for everyone else to have a chance to uh, ask their questions and get a chance to interact with Coach. So just go ahead and hit unmute if you have a question or a comment. If you want to jump in, Shelvin, and, and talk about how you were really more on time than Coach is telling that you are, feel free. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, nah, I was definitely on more uh, more time than that. Uh, I say the worst person he probably had was Jukes. Jukes, that's true. He made everybody late. But uh, now I got a question. Uh, going on to uh, get into basketball, when you um, when you interviewing for assistant coach, like how's that process? Like I, I I always wonder, like how does that work? Well, well, for me, 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 meaning him getting interviewed or him interviewing someone else. Him interviewing, like either way, him interviewing someone, like how, like what do you do to prepare for it? Yeah, for, like for me, like I never, maybe one time I actually interviewed for assistant spot, and that was when I went up when I left Butler to go up to IPFW, and really what that consists of, like I got dressed up, suited and booted, because you just don't know, so you want to dress the part that right. you that you're going. Uh, I got up there with Dane Five. I we drove around in his car and we just kind of talked and what he talked about mainly was like don't be a dipshit like like carry yourself the right way like you can't be because I, I was what I, what I was 29 and I was a little older 
But like, I guess, I mean, he was a young head coach too. So like, it was really kind of like really his first hire of somebody he didn't really know. Um, and so I drove around with him. We talked, we talked about like what I would bring to the program. I talked about my ideas from Butler. Um, and then I rolled with the assistants. I went to assist the lunch with the assistants. That, that is where you really get the job. Like the head coach, yeah, but the guys that you're going to be around the assistant coaches, those are the ones that's really drilling you. Like, and really drilling you, just trying to feel you out and see if, if, they could, if they could work with you or you're willing to work with them. And, and that's the only really experience that I have. Like some of their questions, it really wasn't anything other than like me being myself and just talking. We were just having a conversation, so it didn't really feel like an interview. And then that was really my only experience for being an assistant. But it's really hard to get in. It's really hard. Like, like, like the NBA guys are getting head coaching jobs. Like, why, why are they getting it? Because nowadays kids want to see pros, right? They want to see pros and think they're pros to help them get to the NBA. But at the same time, they got to understand, like, college is different from you for you than what that guy, like it was for him, your head coach. Like, it's different now. Like, you got to grind a little bit. You got to get nasty a little bit. Like, it ain't going to be all roses because when you play against an a older team, mature team, like, you could be number 15. You guys, some of you guys understand, you could be 15 in the country. That don't mean nothing to us. Like, tonight you're going to get a goose egg. You're not scoring and you're going to take this L. So, like, that, that's where it is now. So, to get a job as assistant, you just really – who knows you? Probably the best thing I say, who knows you? That's the best way to do it. And that's through – for me, it was through camps, like how I got the ops job at Butler working camps, being the best camp counselor ever, like having a relationship with the 10 kids I'm in charge with on my team. Like you're, you're, you're in interview mode from the time you step on that campus and, and in that work in that camp, you're interviewing right away. You never know who's watching. Like Brad Stevens was a camp counselor. Matthew Gray is a camp counselor. You got Ty Licklier. It's his camp. Like, you're in interview mode right away. And especially like in Indianapolis, like you could be, one of your kids could be what? Larry Bird's son could be on your team or some Indianapolis coach, some GM of the coach's son could be on your team. So like you work in camps, like you're in interview mode right away. As soon as you're around somebody or in a camp, people are watching you right away. So that's probably the best way. Like if you're interviewing for assistant jobs, you're starting right away when you work in camps or wherever you are. Hey, T, I got another question, um, kind of similar to Shelvin's. Like when you're when you're the person interviewing, is there anything is there anything you can ask of questions or is there any comments you can make to the head coach or those other assistants on staff that can kind of reveal their values and stuff like you were talking? Yeah. I know you've known most of the guys that you've been with, but let's say you don't have that much of a relationship with the people you're interviewing with. What can you do to kind of gain some information from them? You, great, great question, man. Great yeah. question. Yeah. So, you know, your values, you know, what you want to be around. Right. So I would ask like, what are your values? Like, what are your expectations? First, what are your expectations of this position? Like, and then line that up. Is that something that you can do there? their expectation of this position. Now you go, okay, what are, what are your core values? Do you have core values for your program? 
what are your expectations as a for the coach to do I gotta follow kids to class? Like like for me, when I, I did that at Auburn, that was cool. I did it. I was fighting to get in. When I got the butler, I understood like if you chasing a kid to class, that kid's not gonna be good for you on the court. He's not gonna it's, it's just not, I mean, it's gonna be so inconsistent. Like I can't, I, I'm like, I don't want my assistants chasing kids to class. I don't want my GA. Like, I could find out about if you're missing multiple class, multiple times, but like, if I got to follow you to class, I did a bad job. I did a bad job. And and one of our recruits, like I said, like, you got to be competitive in the classroom and on the court. And if you're competitive in the classroom, it's going to, it's going to go, you're going to be competitive on the court. Like, because it's important to you. It's important to you. So I think you, if you ask a question like, what are your values? What's your expectation of me? What are your expectation of the players? Uh, I think it's okay to ask a head coach that if you're interviewing for a job like that. I think, it's, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Or the assistants. You ask the assistants like, what is coach like after a win? What is he like after a loss? Like, ask those questions. How is he with the players? Is he a positive? Does he influence the positive? Or is he... Uh, um, does he cuss them out? Like, now sometimes you got to drop some words to them, but like, I'm not a big cusser. I'm not a big cusser. Like, but I'm a, I'm going to challenge you. I'm a, I'm a tough love kind of guy. Like, you just got to find out what, what the coach likes. Here's something to add to that too, uh, Matt, just to piggyback. Coach was 100% right on. Uh, that definitely gives you a lot of inside. Um, I had somebody say this to uh, a younger coach friend of mine earlier uh, on a different call but he said go back and watch that head coach's press conference to get a feel for what does he emphasize and that kind of tells you a little bit of the inside of what he hopes his program will be so if you can find either an article or find the actual YouTube or whatever it may be to watch it that's another great way to just kind of have an idea uh, Brent Daniels I think you have a question yeah, Coach Brent Daniels. Uh, I didn't know you were at Indiana Tech. I was there for five years too. I love the Klein family. So, oh, yeah. um, just a quick question for you about as you've moved from IPW to Indiana Tech to Butler and then to Ohio State. How did you, you know, alter your approach, especially to recruiting as you kind of went in between the levels and stuff? It was if there was any difference. Um, on recruiting, you still want to recruit towards your values. Uh, your beliefs, um, but at at Ohio State, there, at Butler, there's a specific. I mean, like you gotta want to be at Butler. There's a specific type of kid you recruit in Butler because yes, you are in a city, uh, five thousand students. I'm just the the bottom line is majority of the African American is going to be from your basketball team. A couple here on football, uh, but it's going to be mainly the basketball player. Few on on uh, women's basketball, but. Most of African Americans are gonna be on the men's basketball team. All right. Now, so you want to put them in a situation where they can be successful academically and they can be successful in, in, in school. All right. So, so the recruiting there, like we recruited certain certain players, guys that it's like a puzzle. We're putting a puzzle together. Now, do we want to be good? Yes. We want to be great, actually. Um, but we got to make sure everybody lines up with our values and and he, we even took some chances on some guys that maybe not going to make it academically. They weren't good academically in in high school, but they were good enough for college because we had our hands on them. All right, we was able to, and, and, and they were, 
the bottom line, we never, we never, never took a kid that we questioned their character. We never did that. They might have not been great academically, but we never did. If it was a bad kid or we got any sniff in it, it's not happening. Coach would cut it off. If he found out they smoke weed, he cut it. It's off. It's done. It's done. He cut it off quickly. Um, the biggest difference, though, about Ohio State and Butler is, like, you could get in the door way easier now at Ohio State. Now, are we getting in the right doors? We don't have – we hit and miss some. We hit and miss some. Uh, but you in the door of the top kids in the 15 in the country, 30 in the country, you in the door because you at the Ohio State University. And the tradition here is is off the charts. Um, and, and it's a big – It's I mean, this school is huge. So we have to be careful and make sure we get the right kid because if you don't, this university will eat you alive. Eat you alive because, like, you're playing well. You, you're doing great. Like, now with social media, Instagram, I mean, like, you're, our guy's getting hit up. You go on a five-game winning streak. All right, like, this year we're two games away, two losses away. We're going to be number one in the country. Can you imagine the pressure our guys are getting? Not, I mean, like, females, fellas, we all know females. Like, we all been there. We all been there. Social media, you got people saying stuff at you at media, like, let's hang out, let's do this. But, like, they, you have to have the right guys with the right maturity able to handle it. So, like, the biggest difference is you still recruit the right people, the guys that are going to fit your values, be good people. We took some this year with, with some questioning character, some, because sometimes you could you gamble. You gamble a little bit. But I think uh, we I don't think we'll do that again. We, we talk about that over and over in our recruiting meetings these days. But just being able to recruit higher level kids in the ESPN top 30 or top whatever, whatever that means, whatever that means. I'm not a big fan of it, but I have to adapt. I have to adjust. Hopefully I asked your question. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Good question. Let's take a couple more and then let's let Coach uh, break down some hoops for us. I got one for you, Coach Johnson. Okay. Um, obviously, you said that, you know, your coach is running a business, and that was something that really stuck out to me because you get to a certain level, you're almost like the CEO of your own company. <laughs> your yes. program becomes the CEO. He is the CEO, yep. And you guys, you know, you're the you, you become essentially the COO, the CFO, whatever it is. So can you just, you know, what are some things that you do to help keep your head coach on track? You know, because he's out probably giving speeches, trying to raise money, Maybe I might be out for a couple of days recruiting, you know, or, or just trying to get organized in that fashion. What are some things that you do and your staff does that can potentially, you know, help help the CEO stay organized? Yeah. Well, we try to. Well, one, we have a great ops guy. <laughs> we have a great ops guy that helps. Uh, but far as assistants, we try to keep all the little stuff off his plate as possible. Like anything that we can handle, handle it. Like if we can handle stuff like where he doesn't have to worry about it, like any small little thing, like we as assistants, you you've been around most of the assistants, you've been around, you know what your head coach like or how he would. Like Coach Holman and I, he's forty eight, I'm forty six, so like we kind of we kind of think alike. All right, so I know certain things I could say like a oh, whole wouldn't approve of that. So like let me handle it. He doesn't need to know though. I can handle it the way I think he would handle it. And he trusts, and he trusts us as assistants to do that as well. So I think trying to take all the little bitty stuff away, don't give him too much. 
you got to give him some now. If you have a big one, you just got to give it to him. You have to. Uh, but if the little things, the little negative thing that might come out, that you try to handle it. Try to handle it yourself. And then don't let him coach you. Don't let your CEO have to coach you. Like, do your job. And then do more than more. You sometimes you got to think like a head coach. That's the next spot is all of the systems we want. You have to think as, as a head coach as much as you can. Good stuff. We'll go one more. I think uh, Sean, I believe, had his yeah. hand raised. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, hey, I appreciate you raising your hand this time. You got the baby now, so you raising your hand. Yeah, Earlier, you straight Debo, but it's good. It was good for me. I went like that. It went like that. Yeah, I ain't uh, met my niece yet, right there. I ain't met her yet. Yeah, she's asleep. Uh, question for you. See, so um, I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like, um, especially at college level, you have to have to sell yourself more on social media and and um. Is it is it safe? Only safe to say that it's kind of like not less about X and O's for for assistant coaches, but mm-hmm. even when I was at D two level, um, reason I haven't made a Twitter, he's like, hey, you got to go out there and sell yourself more, or sell sell a program more. H- how do you do that, but keep it genuine? It's not just fake. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I definitely First, understand what you're saying, Sean. Another another great question, Sean. <laughs> another great question. Now, I understand what you're saying. And I'm probably because, the prime example of that because yeah, come like you. I, I don't. Yeah, I'm a private guy. I'm I'm, I'm kind of introvert. I, I socialize when I have to, so I, I guess I didn't fit in that mix of selling yourself and doing the things on social media. That that's one area where I talked about. You got to be a little more open to change, a little bit more open to change. But one thing I would say: do not. I actually wrote this down. I said, do not jeopardize your values, your character to get ahead. Like, you still got to be yourself. You got to be yourself. Like, I'm on Twitter now. I put out a little bit more stuff here and there. Uh, And like I said earlier, like, I struggle with talking about myself. I'd rather, like, talk about you, Sean, talk about Shelvin, talk about those teams, talk about a manager. I'd rather talk about somebody else other than myself. Um, I got I hired an agent right before the pandemic because I need somebody out there speaking on my behalf because I don't, I don't do those things. And that's where the way it's going and getting a head coach, like guys have agents speaking for them before jobs even open up to ADs that they know and things like that, because I'm a quiet guy to myself. I have a small group uh, and just cause I don't promote myself. So you really have to just be true to yourself. Don't jeopardize your values, your character. To, to get ahead, unless you're willing to live live that. And some guys lie and some guys, des- they, des- they desire to live that life. Like for me, I can't, I can't. And like me and, me and Brian talked about it a little earlier today, like guys being in the office from eight to 10 at night, like I've been blessed. Like I was at Butler, like Brad Stevens say, hey, like go home, have dinner with your family. Like get your work done if you gotta work after. Like I'm a family guy. I was a family guy before I had boys and I'm a really a family guy now. Like I'm a father. Like I want, I'm their role model. I want, I'm there as much as I can. They understand the sacrifices that daddy has to make. My wife understand that, but that doesn't mean they're not going to complain sometimes right now. They loving it right now. They're loving it. But like, I'm a family guy. Like if you mess with my family, we got problems. We have problems, serious problems. Like 
And if something come up, like Coach Holman, he knows, like, Coach, I need to go run, take care of this. He's like, all right, T, go handle it, come back. Like, I've been fortunate enough to work for people like that. Um, so I just say, like, don't jeopardize your values, your character to, to get ahead. Don't just don't do it because like you'll be living a lie. Don't you don't don't live that lie. Don't live that lie. And everybody decides differently, but everybody journeys different too. Uh, I think Matt has a question. High school coach from Upper Arlington. Hey, coach. This is uh, Matt from Upper Arlington. Thanks for all you guys did with Danny Hummer. We really appreciate uh, it. We appreciate that. Coach. Um, I have a question for you. Um, we work on our closeouts all the time in practice, two or three segments per practice. Um, if you were a high school coach, would you do the, you know, the multiple closeouts like you guys do with the Red X and the, I don't know all the names, but yeah. do, you, do you think that's a valuable thing in high school um, to do is my question. I do. I do. If you're able to, any, anything you're able to help them prepare them for college, I think it's good, and it's gonna it's gonna put some ownership on them as well. Like, you have to pay attention to you as you're going through the players and your scouting. Because, like in high school, when I played high school, my coach we were pretty we were at a talented team. Our coach didn't scout. We had a pretty talented team, but like a lot of schools, they have to scout in high school scouting now. Like, and I think that's a great that put a lot of ownership on that on your play, on your players now. Like, and especially your seniors, you're trying to win they're going to hold everybody accountable in knowing what each player do. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that's also going to help your, like, you don't want a guy's garden guys that you don't have to guard. You want to be able to shrink the floor as much as possible if you can. Because you want to help each other out. Thank you. You're welcome. We'll take one more, uh, one more question, and then we'll get some comments and some closing, uh, closing remarks. I got one. Might as well ask. I got one. Okay. Uh, T for um, I do exact same closeouts. We do JJ Rondo and PG. Um, for Rondo, when you close out short, obviously because you can't shoot, do you tell the guys to inch out after they close out and they square it up? Do you tell them to inch out a little bit more, or you have them sit back? No, you have to. Uh, it, that's a great question, Sean, because I have to explain that to our guys. Um. You have to inch out a little bit more because you still I still want you to be disruptive. You're just gonna be short, and I still you still gotta close out high active hands. And you gotta inch up. Or for instance, we had Roosevelt Jones at Butler, right? Roosevelt Jones taking only three pointers he took were like at the end of half or end of a game. That's a three-quarter court, half court three. So everybody played off of him, right? So we had to teach Rose offensively, like Rose, when they play off of you, you either have to go into a dribble handoff to a shooter where your guy is way down, you got Kellen Dunham coming off that handoff for three, or he was so physical, he's getting in the paint now because you're playing so far off of him. All right, so you got to inch up and then be disruptive after you do your initial closeout. Just so have I'll, to. I'll do the right thing. I'm just making sure. Appreciate it. Yep, yep. Because you still want to be disruptive, and I know you. You still want to be in attack mode. Like, we're defensively, you're not going to be on your heels. You don't want them on the heels. Just close out short. All right, now inch out to him and be disruptive. Appreciate it. Coach, we got one more from uh, one of our female guests uh, who's a coach, a good coach at that. She asked, um, she said, I've been really studying ATO defensive adjustments or ways to really maximize ATO situations to get a stop defensively. 
If you had to pick one, what is your favorite adjustment for an ATO defensive scheme? And if that's a part of the trade secret, you can just no, you, it's not. You, you it's can not. Tell, I, email you. <laughs> no, it's not. I go back and forth on this. Would be like one of the heated discussions during the game that Coach Holtman and I would have in a timeout, especially with coaches that like likes to run a different play out of a out of a timeout. And I'm old school. I want to just straight. Hey, we got this. We're man up. We're gonna do it. But depending on your team, like one year Butler, like we had a good zone team. Even though we probably played zone 2% of the time, like I was always like, hey, 2-3 right now, 2-3 out of a timeout. So either 2-3 or I would change up my my ball screen coverage where I they say, hey, fellas, one time, hey, we're going to go 1-5 here. Dispossession only, 1-5. If we've been doing 1-4 through four the whole time, I'm like, dispossession only, 1-5. through five. But it also go into like who I have on the floor. Caleb Wesson, the 260 Caleb Wesson out there, I'm okay with it. Yep. Uh, I got Kyle Young at the five, I'm okay with it. So I wouldn't say I have one way I would do ATOs. It probably just depends on the field of the game, who we're playing against. Um, and then I could also, another one, like I would Big Red, I would trap a post player uh, coming out of the timeout. Awesome. Awesome. I know uh, a couple of people had some comments they want to share with you, Coach, similar to TJ, so I'll let Coach Andre Gray D. Coach Andre Gray, kind of like the Ohio up, State, kind of <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Dre? What's up, mate? Uh, the, the, I just like I know most of these guys know you because it's your Zoom, but I've got the pleasure of got to know you a little bit through the years, and I just want to say the same thing. Like you should have been a head coach a long time ago. Um, being around, just listening to you talk and being around Coach Holtman. It's funny how small the world is. I didn't realize Coach Burton, Coach Sarpy. I have Sarpy when I was at Garden Web with Holtman as well. So <laughs> okay. All small world, but just wanted to send you some love, man, because you're a phenomenal man, and you're going to be a phenomenal coach, and hopefully one day I get to coach against you, but you're going to get yours before I get mine, but <laughs> like talk about ball, man, that was awesome. Like, you're such a phenomenal man and coach, so I'm pulling for you, bro. Just keep doing your thing. I appreciate that, Dre, and likewise, man. Keep grinding down there at UNCG. Uh, I know you're doing a great job down there, and, and that's why I wanted to get on here. I just wanted to get on here and be like T you got to tell your story man you have a great story and I appreciate all the guys I, mean, I, I think I just sent it to one or two managers and then more people started coming on sent it to a couple of players that I know that's in the coaching business and like man, and it makes me feel good because I see everybody doing well so like, like coach Spears like the, like coach Spears used to, was in high school coming to play open gym when I was at Butler, uh, at Lamar like like that's my guy like yeah, he's, guy, he's, he's actually going to say a few words next. You call <laughs> right on time. Go ahead, Coach <laughs> Yeah, T, great job today, man. Um, I'll just continue the story you just brought. I, I was a high school player, local high school player in the area at Lamar University. Terry was the starting point guard there. I would come to summer camps and then obviously play pickup with those guys in the summer. And he, he didn't know me very well, but he took me underneath his wing, man. And um, – just kind of taught me the ropes of what it's like to, to, to be in college before I even got there. Um, I actually, he was number 10. When I got there, I wore number 10 um, and, and, and just was a big brother to me and still is a big brother and a mentor to me to this day. So uh, obviously kudos and big ups to you for continuing to grow in the business and, and, and spreading your wings to, to other people so they can grow. Uh, but any of you guys that are on here, man, again, T, I know him. 
He's he, anytime you need to reach out to somebody, you want to pick your brain, he, he'll be more than happy to share this information with with you guys, uh, share his story, share his journey, and be able to to give back as much as possible. So uh, thank you for spending this time with us, man, and, and, and sharing your journey and, 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 and giving back, most of all. Welcome, man. You're welcome. Appreciate that. Yeah, Sean, you up next. We 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 got we got a quick little finishing we got for you, Coach. You didn't know this was coming, Coach. <laughs> Sean, but we got a little finish for you. All right. I just want to just want to say thanks to you, man. Anytime I ever need a need advice at any time of the day, I call T.O. Answers hit me right back. Um, I never shared this with you before, but I want to say thank you. Last, I mean, the first time I really thought of getting into coaching is when you were at Bowling Yard playing Providence. I don't know if you remember this. You really, you generally ask for my opinion about how you, how I should guard something. So that moment we shared right there really made me want to coach. I just want to say appreciate that and thank you. Appreciate it, Sean. Hey, little story with Sean. Remember back in the days when you was an ops guy and you could send mail to guys? Sean was one of the guys that Brad gave me to send mail. I could send mail to him and I write notes on it. And I always find a quote or something to send to him in high school in Tampa. And, uh, and then Sean ended up coming to Butler. And so he's at Butler. I get married, all right. At my wedding, he gets with my sister-in-law. They 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 meet, they together. And so now that's my brother-in-law. Like he goes from my player to it's my brother-in-law. Like that's it's really, really in the family. He had two beautiful kids, and I haven't seen the second one yet, but but like that's like I said earlier, like that's my joy, like. That's what makes me excited. That's why I do what I do. Uh, it's just, I like to lift others and like to see other people lift and reach their dreams, their potential. Because if that happens, I'm rich, fellas. I'm rich. My heart is my heart is gold. I'm, I'm rich. Amen. To and that. I'm able to take care of my family. I'm good. I'm good. And, and a big reason why, coach, you're on this thing too. Not only how good you are, but again, guys like that don't always get celebrated in this business. So we want to make take some time out for you to be able to share your story and show, share us how good of a coach you are. I think there's a few more guys that want to say something. Matt was one of them. Yeah, I just wanted to say thanks to T real quick. Um, only bad thing I learned from T was he kind of got me hooked on Mountain Dew a little bit. Uh, still, still trying to kick that. Uh, I mean, I just learned from T like everybody matters. I was a manager at Butler. I'm a little bit younger than some of the Butler guys on here. Um, like I was just a random freshman student. We'll go into his office like every month trying to trying to get on, trying to be a manager, and and he hooked me up and always had time for me and um, was finally able to get on with him and had an awesome three years. So I just, um, I mean, he, he lives what he preaches, teaching people with respect, trying to lift people up, trying to help people. So one of, one of, one of the best guys I know and just so thankful for everything he did for me. You're welcome, Matt. Appreciate it, man. Well, we'll open up for any, any other last ones and then we'll let Coach have the floor. And We'll shut it down, man. Thanks so much for everybody jumping on. I got the same story as Matt. I was a manager for T, and he's probably the reason I'm I'm in coaching now. So I owe him a lot. Appreciate it, T. You're welcome, Smells. Good seeing you, man. Keep doing your do. Keep doing what Appreciate you do. Appreciate you too. Yep. Yeah, this was awesome today, Coach. Again, I know I had to uh, roll, roll out some of my recruiting tricks and just stay persistent. <laughs> but uh, I definitely uh, – I, I know your nature. I know your humility. So I know that was the main reason why. Um, I think you came on a Zoom before I was even doing anything with Rising Coaches, probably three months ago. 
Yeah, I think I told you back then. So it's been a three months recruitment, but uh, definitely glad you came on. It was awesome. Uh, again, those who haven't checked out Rising Coaches, please do. And then we'll let Coach uh, have his final words. If you want to put your email in the chat real quick, Coach, that'd be great. Uh, okay. Most people probably already kind of know you, but some that don't, um, you can just put that in the chat. And then any final words you have, and then we'll close. Well, hey, I appreciate everybody's getting on. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, I didn't know how this was going to go. Uh, and to let you know, it goes, I, I study a lot, guys, on this deal. It's hard talking about yourself. Um, I really just – and it made me – it helped me out. It helped me out, actually, actually to write more stuff down, either about myself or about when I'm trying to explain myself to an AD, uh, tell them the reason why I'm the guy. For, uh, for their school. So this helped me out tremendously. Uh, and I'm, I'm just gonna leave you guys with this and, and just that you know, like a lot of you guys know like who I am, what I strive to be. One, I strive for excellence. Um, what I want my legacy to be whenever I'm done or wherever I'm, whenever I'm off this earth is, I want everybody to say like he was a family guy. Uh, I'm just trying to be a great husband for my wife, Kristen, which she will, she wouldn't say great just as you guys know, she wouldn't say I was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want, I'm trying to be an excellent father for my three boys. Help them grow up to be great young men, um, reach their goals, just like I do uh, coaching. Like, if I could make the sacrifices coaching up all night watching film, I can make the sacrifices to do whatever I need to do for them. Um, I want everybody to know I'm a team first guy. I can really care less what success I get. If, um, if our team are successful and the players around me are successful, the managers around me are successful, that's what I'm about. Uh, I want people to know that I'm a teacher, I'm a mentor. I'm a role model. I am a role model. I don't, I don't take that lightly. Mm -hmm. uh, I care for the players. I care for their growth. Uh, like, I don't I, – I, I really care about that. Means I'm a mentor. I'm a role model. Like, that means a lot to me. Uh, as a coach, I'm detailed and I'm organized. Uh, and at the same time, I'm really simple. And then I want everybody to know I am process driven. The results going to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Everything else going to take care of itself. Uh, but enjoy, enjoy the process. Uh, enjoy this time right now, even though we're in uncomfortable times right now. Like, enjoy it. Embrace it. If you have a voice in your community, speak out on it. Speak out on it. Like, I'm a quiet guy. I have to speak out. I'm at a place, at a position, like, I can speak out now and not worry about anything and if i did if i did worry about things before i'm not worrying about it now because if it's going to cost me a job who cares who cares i'm not supposed to be at that place then if they can't they can't respect my beliefs and what i think um, i can't speak my mind like i don't need to be working there um, but that, that's all i really have and uh, i enjoy it i hope you guys was able to pull one thing from this that you could take back with your team talk to players i just help you in general that's all I get. If you have one thing, you take one thing, I'm golden. I think I did, did an okay job if you are able to get one thing out of it. Yeah, I think we all got more than one, Coach, but we definitely, again, appreciate you coming on. Uh, I think most people, if they didn't know before, they can see how uh, you're destined to be a head coach. And like you said, you'll be rich even if that's not the case, but we know you're more than qualified and definitely somebody who, who deserves to sit in that seat. So we look forward to following your journey still. Uh, for those of you that follow All Access Coaches Corner, we have another show on Thursday with UCSA Associate Head Coach uh, Mike Peck. If you guys want to join in, feel free anytime.
Uh, and I know, like many times at Butler, we're going to end the game with the ball in Max's hand. So I know Max got his screen <laughs> back on. We're going to let you say a few words as we close, my brother, and then we'll shut it down. You gonna put that pressure on me like that? <laughs> it, it ain't pressure for you, man. You was born for this, man. It's your moments. <laughs> I just wanna say, I wanna say I appreciate you, T. I know uh, a lot of people don't realize he's my individual coach for three years while I was at Butler. You know, every single day I had to work out with him. He didn't show y'all his favorite drill, you know, the star rebound, and we had to do that every single day. I hated that thing. But, it's still alive. It's still alive. Yeah, that's one in secret. Well, overall, I just want to say thank you. Uh, you, know, you helped me making the right decision, whether it's like uh, standing at Butler or going to any camp. You know, um, also with my wife, you know, we have long stories about that you know, in college. I just want to say thank you, and uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed themselves today. Appreciate that, Shell. Yeah, well, thanks again, everybody. Again, follow Coach. He put his email in the chat. Feel free to reach out to him. And then, uh, yeah, everybody stay safe. Keep pushing for better change, making this world a better place. And uh, Look forward to seeing you guys on the Zoom sometime soon. I'm sure I'll see TJ tomorrow on some Zoom somewhere, man. But, uh, no, appreciate everybody. Thanks so much again. Everybody be safe. Take care of your families out there. Yes, Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, fellas.